What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Turn on the Jets podcast. I'm your host, Joe Caparoso, owner of TurnOnTheJets.com. Today, going to talk through some leftover thoughts about Le'Veon Bell um, and how the situation with him is indicative of what has been an ongoing problem in Florham Park uh, for a while, but more acutely uh, in recent years. So just going to riff for about 20 minutes or so on that. Going to drop this Sunday morning. A little uh, appetizer for our thrilling Jets-Dolphins week six game where, you know, I-, I tweeted this, but if you told a Jets fan after the 2015 season that five years from now, the Jets are going to be nine and a half point underdogs to Ryan Fitzpatrick and Chan Gailey in a divisional game and be starting Joe Flacco and Frank Gore on offense. I don't think they would have believed you. <laughs> Maybe they would have because they're a Jet fan, but kind of insane when you take a step back and look at it that way. Uh, as a reminder, please subscribe, rate, review this podcast. It's available on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, wherever else you get your podcasts. We have migrated our subscription podcast, Badlands, hosted by myself and Connor Rogers, uh, to Patreon. Uh, it's available at patreon.com, Badlands, TOJ. It is still being published on Podbean at turnonthejets.podbean.com, but after the regular season, we're going to gradually really just push everything to the Patreon and, and do some more stuff outside of audio, which we're excited about this offseason. So this past week's episode, we talked a lot about Bell, about the New York media and how they've been covering Adam Gates. This week, we're going to talk with Tony Pauline, who we've had on the show before and who recently had some reports around the Jets moving on from Adam Gase actually around November 1st, which would time up actually right after they play the Chiefs, uh, Le'Veon Bell's new team, interestingly enough. So that'll be a fun interview. Again, that's available at patreon.com, Badlands T-O-J. Before I jump into sort of emptying my notebook on Le'Veon Bell and everything you know I've heard and witnessed from his time with the team, want to remind you guys that between the NFL, college ball, and the MLB playoffs – there's no shortage of games to watch with thousands of line available, lines available on all your favorite sports and events. You could turn your game day into payday with my bookie. If you're the type of guy who likes to back the big favorites, consider putting a couple in a parlay for a much bigger payout. Not only do parlays make meaningless games more exciting, but more importantly, they give you a chance to turn ordinary bets into a real moneymaker. And don't forget the underdogs. They have a ton of value. I wouldn't say the Jets have a ton of value this week. That being said, the thing about the NFL is that underdogs are never really dogs on Sunday. Every team truly has a chance to win, probably except the Jets, and you do too. Game spreads, championship futures, and player prop bets. It's never too late to get in on the action and start turning your sports knowledge into actual cash in your wallet. Sign up at MyBookie, and when you do, use promo code OVERTIME to claim a deposit. Match dollar for dollar all the way up to 1000 bucks. It's a bonus designed to give you a little help and a head start on your winning season. That's promo code OVERTIME. For you to claim your bonus when you make your first deposit, stacked UFC cards, presidential prop bets, all the major sports and more, sign up today to begin your winning season exclusively at my bookie. So this Le'Veon Bell thing uh, has been just fascinating and also depressing to watch play out. Uh, I think back to a couple years ago when he was a free agent, I was very adamant and over the top with that with the Jets financial situation they should go get him um and they did go get him by all accounts they overpaid 
uh, comparatively to what else was out there. That's normal for them. The Jets have to pay a tax right now because of how bad of an organization they are. Uh, they did it to get C.J. Mosley, which I never felt great about as a resource allocation play. With Bell, totally aligned and totally understand the thinking on the lack of value of the running back position. Uh, I, I don't disagree with that line of thinking at all. The Jets were in a situation, a rare situation, where they had been bad and been bad offensively for so long and had a young quarterback who desperately needed help not just in the run game, but also in the pass game, because it's easy to forget just how prolific of a receiver Bell was uh, all those years ago in Pittsburgh. And the Jets had more cap space than they could spend, basically. Uh, so they were in a position to go make a play for him. So, you know, at the time, it, they were sort of in this uh, post, you know, Todd Bowles, you know, transitional phase where, they kind of they screw up at the last second with Matt Rule. They end up hiring Adam Gase. That was a McCagnan and Heimerdinger hire with Chris Johnson coming over the top um, and being adamant that they hire Gase and also being adamant that they pay Bill uh, Bell uh, kind of concurrently. So that was a deal that was was really kind of mandated down from ownership. And uh, you know, in the weeks leading up to it, there was a lot of speculation: Would Bell go to the Jets? Would he go to the Ravens? Would he go to the Niners? Uh, was not considered necessarily a slam dunk. He was going to go to the Jets. He, you know, announced it late night at his uh, mixtape release party, and I was probably fifty-fifty that they were going to get him. You know, talking to a few different people around the team at the time, it was very clear, and I was certainly not the only person who heard this. And this has been, you know, reported by a lot of other places that probably not to expect them to get Bell because Gase was adamantly against it, like vocally adamantly against it, uh, wanted to pay Tevin Coleman, wanted to actually work to bring C.J. Anderson in. That's not a joke. That was exactly the plan they want. he wanted to run. Uh, but it was kind of a done deal, and they got Bell in, and he was against it uh, really from day one. Now, rather than finding a creative way to make it work with a guy who was really talented – even if he had lost a step from Pittsburgh and could be a resource to your young quarterback, Gase never really fully bought in on that. And the way the season started was weird because if you think back to the beginning of Bell's Jet tenure, those three of those first four games were pay, played with Luke Falk, basically. All games that the Jets basically forfeited. Uh, watch how they played those games. It's very comparable, comparable to how they're playing now. Games that the Jets really did not go in with any intention to win, and they just pummeled Bell with touches in those games, you know, even when they were down, you know, double digits, 20 plus points in the second half. So as he's acclimating back to the game, you know, he he really gets like pummeled early in the season. He actually played, I think, pretty well week one against Buffalo, the game he had Sam with him. Uh, those next three, it was impossible for anyone to produce because they were just putting 11 people in the box. The Jets weren't going to throw the ball down the field with Falk. Bell still racked up a ton of touches, you know. As he's returning to the game, then when Sam comes back, they just never really found the right rhythm, right? They were never creative with how they used Bell in the screen game, in the pass game. Uh, they really weren't even creative with how they used him in the run game. It was a lot of second long run situations where he was you know, set up to fail. And I'm not saying Bell played great by any stretch of the imagination. He definitely did look like he lost a step a little bit, but the play calling was extremely poor. We get you know, rumblings, trade deadline, all of last offseason that... Yeah, Gase is still not happy with him. There's no relationship there. They don't end up moving him because it's an impossible contract to trade. We hear all the normal offseason, you know, fluff talk 
they're excited to work together. Gase is going to get creative in how he uses them. We spent a lot of time this offseason talking about how Bell and Herndon really needed to mitigate what was a clear weakness for the Jets at wide receiver. And we're five games in here. Bell's cut and Herndon is really off to a terrible start and kind of like semi-bench for Ryan Griffin. So that hasn't worked out well at all. Um, and I think with this year, you know, Bell's barely played, right? You know, he looks like he's being used poorly again in the same way the first half against Buffalo until they finally throw a wheel route to him down the field. It was Sam's like only positive play in that week one game. Bell gets hurt, comes back, looks good, I would say, against Arizona. You know, definitely had some bounce in him, his step, but, you know, the Jets still giving up Frank Gore a lot of action. Uh, while Bell's out, they overwhelmingly lead on Gore over a rookie, the Michael Pirine. I think Gore is 64 carries to Pirine's 15. You know, Kalen Ballage is getting more work than Pirine. So, you know, Gase's words about, you know, this freeing up Pirine for bigger use, you know, ring a little hollow until we, you know, until we see it. So, you know, we get to the situation here where Bell's, you know, liking a variety of tweets, including, including one from yours truly. Uh, about Jeff Smith having 11 targets and Bell having won the same amount of Trevin Wesco, something that's just inherently stupid considering the Jets' wide receiver situation uh, and where Bell could you know, make a positive impact for them. So the Jets decide to cut him. Uh, no one was going to trade for him with a contract situation. He goes to the Chiefs where I think he will play really well and be an important part of that team and be a nice complement to what they have currently at running back. And uh, I think... We talked about this before the year. There was no way Bell was coming back in 2021. That, it just wasn't going to happen with the contract. And um, even if he played well this year, it wasn't going to happen. And we said if they got off to a bad start, they'd probably look to move him at the deadline. So this, at a high level, is not overly shocking that they were looking to move him, deciding to go ahead and cut him, considering how bad the supporting cast has turned out to be. Um, and how much Sam Darnold has struggled already. We don't know exactly when he's going to be back. We'll probably be back next week or the week after. Um, it's bad optics with how it's handled. You know, it kind of rolls into what uh, has been an ongoing problem with Adam Gase and any type of big-name players and the Jets organization and any type of big-name players for a while. I mean, this is a locker room that saw what happened with Coletio Assembly's injury last year, with Quincy Nua's injury. There was also some weirdness around some injuries with Luke Falk. Uh, you saw what happened with Makai Becton against Denver. Um, you know, there's always the back and forth of why is Bell being pulled out of practice? Is he hurt? Is he not hurt? There's just, everyone is never seems to be on the same page. And now you're in a situation where you're going to get rid of Bell. Um, one of the few remaining proven people on your team or on your offense. And when Darnold comes back, whether he starts eight games, nine games or 10 games, uh, it, you're not doing anything to make his life easier. And I, I'm interested to see what P. Ryan could do. Uh, I certainly want to see him play over Frank Gore. I think those are useless handoffs and why we were really down on the acquisition when it happened. The people are overreacting. He's a third. He's going to be the third string back. He's here as a mentor. It's bullshit. We all knew what was going to happen with Gase and Gore. He was going to lean on Gore too much when Bell was healthy, when Bell wasn't healthy. And you're seeing that play out now. And look, I, P. Ryan is a fourth-round pick. And he's like, you know, not a pick I necessarily did cartwheels over. I think there were some other guys who had a little more juice. But I think he's looked okay in limited action. And uh, I'm curious to see what he does with a bigger role. I wouldn't assume he's going to be some type of 
you know, savior. I think we've kind of seen this a little bit. And I'm not comparing him to these guys because I do think he's a better prospect than Eli McGuire and Trenton Cannon. But I would also be wary as Jed fans, you know, in potentially overvaluing the production we kind of see on a really bad team from P. Ryan the rest of the year, which is what a lot of Jet fans did with a guy like Eli McGuire down the stretch in 2018. Uh, so we'll see how it plays out. I mean, the Jets are going to have to really, you know, revamp and rebuild the entire running back room. Like they're going to have to do with every position uh, next year. And, you know, that that's a roster problem. Uh, and I do think they are very much equipped to go 0-16 or 1-15 or, or something like that. And, and just from a, you know, a league-wide perception situation, uh, they're going to have to continue to pay a tax uh, on getting premium free agents. You know, free agents are talk. They share agents. They're, they see how these things are playing out. Even if Adam Gase is gone, uh, you're going to have the front office still there. Uh, and they're going to have to really nail this coaching hire, pay a premium on some free agents, nail this draft to start rebuilding out of the rubble here. And, you know, in the vacuum of this season, you're just going to have an offense that is really going to give Darnold no chance to succeed. Even if a couple pieces come back healthy, it's uh, it's still just very, you know, undermanned and very poorly coached. So you're not going to, you know, maximize anything out of that group. And the Bell thing overall is I think we're going to look back <laughs> on these few years of the Jets as – we're going to remember this 10, 11, whatever ends up being your period of the playoff drought. But this particular stretch has been so weird and transitional and like sloppy and like haphazardly stuck together. You know, you're going to think back, okay, we got, you know, 19 games or whatever it was of Le'Veon Bell, uh, this guy who's probably going to be a Hall of Famer and is probably going to go on to have a few more productive years. You know, Robbie Anderson's probably going to be an all-pro player this year. And you say, God, like they had that guy. Why Why did they not bring him back? Um, you know, even some of like how big of a part that Flacco and Hogan and Gore are part of the team this year. And a guy like Demarius Thomas was last year. It's just uh, a mess. You know, it's a mess. And it really does need to be built fully from the ground up, which is why the Jets are sourcing – Calls on everyone right now, including Quinn and Williams. The only person they're not going to take calls on at this point are Mekhi Becton. It's probably Mekhi Becton and maybe a couple other people from their first draft class. But everything is you know, on the table when you're trending to be one of the worst teams in NFL history. So you know, as we look at you know, the vacuum of these next few games, you know, Miami is nine and a half point favorites against them uh, at home. Uh, and the Jets don't really win road games under Gase, and then you get the three-game gauntlet of Buffalo, Kansas City, New England. They lose against Miami. I mean, you can really pencil in 0-9, and, and then the Jets have to decide, are they going to make a change over the bye week, or are they just going to ride it out and let Gase chase the 0-16? And that's kind of the only thing to really watch and look for in some of these games going forward. But the Bell situation's a shame. I, I think used properly, he could have been a really nice resource and asset for Sam Darnold. I don't think he could have produced like he did at the Pittsburgh rate, but I think he could have got – Jets could have got more out of him, and it just was never going to work with Adam Gase and Dal Loggins calling plays. So you know, we'll see what happens the rest of the year with Bell, but I'd bet on him being a productive piece for the Chiefs. I don't think there's any reason to think he won't be. He looked good against Arizona. He looked – 
had some bounce in his step. He's definitely leaner than he was last year. So we'll see how it shakes out. Um, you know, for the Jets, I think, you know, you look at what are you watching for? You're hoping that Mims comes back post by and can make a positive impact, uh, or maybe sooner. You're hoping that Pirine shows some juice and can be a part of the backfield next year. You want Becton to come back healthy and only when 100% healthy and keep playing the way, the way he did early in the year. And then you hope guys like, you know, Zaniga and Clark and maybe Hall and Bryce Huff get a lot of playing time down the stretch one way or the other uh, and show something for next year. And beyond that, there's not much to, you know, really watch or you know cheer on. You want Quentin Williams if he's here to continue to take strides. Uh, a lot of parts of that defense are going to be gone next year from Henry Anderson to Avery Williamson to Pierre Desir to maybe Marcus May. Uh, It's going to be a unit that's going to be turned over a lot. And offensively, it's going to be sort of the same deal, right? I mean, I'm not optimistic on getting anything from Bashad Perryman at this point, but he should be back uh, this week. But you hope he can help Donald a little bit. But There's just not much out there to cheer for. And uh, it's going to be very entertaining in, in in a certain type of way to see what Le'Veon Bell and the Chiefs do against Adam Gase in a few weeks. So we will continue to be back here with weekly episodes. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, Check us out over on the Patreon. Check out the articles at turnonthejets.com and follow me on Twitter at jcaparoso.